what's going on everybody it's mike with the tackle your personal best podcast welcoming in d train again what's up buddy what's going on fella not much let me pop this up on my screen real quick there we go so we've been fishing a few times yeah we have yeah um let's see we've put in three trips in the last two weeks yeah very little to show for it (laughs) (laughs) no video content whatsoever i'm like hodgepodge in a video together for a a um, piece of equipment i'm trying to promote and i have like no fish worth bragging about like okay here's this product and how it helped me catch these wonderful dinks (laughs) you can catch dinks too (laughs) so it's like oh come on it just goes to show you how hard it had to be to like especially imagine back in the 80s and 90s as old old school bass fishing shows the cat with the big I, i'm going to get my ass for not remembering his name but the cat with the big texas tea hat on like the world's most famous bass fisherman from television and oh yeah yeah they'd have like three or four boats full of cameramen and big ass equipment back then and everything's analog and just coming up with that content and trying to get nice fish i can't even get one fish together for a 10 minute youtube <laughs> video let alone a a 30 minute freaking uh you know broadcast television show in the 80s and 90s right but yeah yeah no i and hey i'm right there with you i've been having trouble catching them and reeling them in myself so i don't Um, know about the rest of the world but for florida at least for the last two months it has been a kick in the nuts trying to, to get the bass to hook. I don't know. What, I, I've only been fishing for 18 months, but I started at the end of last spring. And so I have fished through the summer before, and I don't remember last July being this rough. I remember last July being this rough. Every summer is rough. Maybe because I was just so new to it. I was excited just to catch dinks. You know, a boat full of dinks to me was a good day. Now it's like, come on, if it ain't over a pound and a half. Yeah, your, your first few fishing trips, you kind of just, you know, whatever you can get is whatever you can get. You're happy about that. But so, once you start getting into it for a while. I feel not- like I feel like in the decorum of all things broadcasting and or podcast, you should probably explain to your audience where your co-host is. Oh, We yeah, just kind of rolled the, the fact that your co-host, the, the, uh, the other... 50% of your show is not even here. Not even so much of a mention. Hi, yeah, Ron. Well, we just kind of <laughs> went off going on a tangent there. But, uh, yeah, uh, Real Tactics Ron is actually out. Uh, a big congratulations to him and his wife, Megan. Uh, they just brought another baby into the world. Another little few, Ezra. An, another and, uh, future angler. Yep, another future angler. They have two boys now. So uh, congratulations to them. Hopefully uh, – uh, Ron and Megan aren't going too stir crazy. Uh, I know he took a couple of weeks off of work and he said he was going to be out of commission for a while as far as fishing was concerned. So, um, so yeah, congratulations to them. And uh, hopefully he'll be back on the podcast here soon. Um, if he can get out and go fish, I know he's got that pond in his backyard, so he'll be able to get out there and, 
and actually throw a few. So, and since we um, do host your and Ron's podcast on the Digital Fortune Network, I just thought yeah. it'd be fun to cross platform promote. And so, if you're watching us on Facebook on the What's in Your Head page, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is us simply cross promoting, cross advertising one of the podcasts that no, I am not a host of. I'm simply here as a guest today. So, it's not like, oh, Jesus, this guy's putting on another podcast. Nope. This is Mike and Ron's podcast. I'm just uh, making an appearance and kind of getting the name out there by streaming on all of our video platforms tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely appreciate it. Um, well, let's kind of bring this into play. I've actually been uh, posting some little clips and, and things like that to YouTube lately. Okay. Um, I just posted a welcome video and I have one video in the works of uh, doing a uni knot. So a little how-to tip and trick about that. So that Can should be coming out soon. teach us a how-to tip and trick on how not to forget how to tie a knot that you used to be proficient at, but then, like, for some reason, you start fishing a certain type of bait or hook that doesn't require that type of knot, and then when you go back to fishing with the type of lure or bait that does require that knot, you forget how to do it, and then you lose lures and stuff. You got any tips on how not to do that? <laughs> I literally <laughs> forget. We were worm flipping for so hard so long for a while that I completely forgot how to tie a uni knot. And that's how really? that was my go to for when I was tying leaders on last fall. I would dual uni knot. And then, yeah. you know, we do a, oh, what's the knot for the hooks where you go in and you, anyhow, the um, Branson knot, I don't know, knots, knots, knots. But the, I, I typically could just call it a fisherman's knot, which is just a standard. Eight, eight loop knot eight loop knot i don't do that one i go i go through the hook long bend it back yeah. come back through so you have a loop tie the loop around and then put the hook through the loop it's uh i forget the hell it's called polymer polymer knot so polymer yeah. knot was my go-to knot and then i for some reason came up with my own half-ass version knot that i was using on my crankbaits and so then when i went back to trying to tie a uni knot i forgot how to even though i'd done it for like months i'd go back and watch youtube videos like how do you forget to learn how do you forget to know how to tie a knot well you'll be able to go look at my channel and you'll be able to see how to figure out how to tie a uni knot again so <laughs> oh, i already know how i'm professional with it you can see me tie one on my tiktok live streams oh yeah if my phone doesn't um, overheat yeah it's it's the the one that i'm i'm actually uploading is just a single uh uni knot um not a braid de mono or braid de floro or you know whatever. well how are you doing this because i've seen some where the guys get creative and they get like a comedically large fake hook and then they'll get like paracord so that you can see it on the video instead of using yep, there you go paracord <laughs> i actually i had a paracord 550 bracelet that last night i was actually tearing apart that took me probably about 10 15 minutes to actually tear apart so that i could film how to do the uni knot and everything like that. And once I got, I got it all done mm -hmm. and I looked back at the video and I went, shit, I did that completely wrong. <laughs> oh, and I, awesome. I, I completely screwed up the uni knot. So now I have to refilm <laughs> how to do it because I didn't do it right the first time. So when we were out kayak fishing the other day, I was telling you that um, I wanted to do kind of like a YouTube gimmick video where we make um, lures. Gotta make two yeah. or three of them. That way, if you lose one, the video is not over. And see who can catch how many bass. I guess maybe we need to wait until the time of year where we're pulling a lot of bass with regular lures, let yeah. alone <laughs> magic make believe lures. 
And then I saw a video today where somebody did that. They made one out of a just a kitchen spoon. They put a trouble hook on the bottom. They caught a big-ass bass. But nice. I thought, what if we doubled down? And I don't know. We're either going to have to go to Costco to find an industrial size spool of dental floss. Or we're going to have to do a uni knot to the end of our existing line. But I say we fish with homemade lures and dental floss braid. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if we can actually land any fish. Like Survivor Series, it's the end of the society. It's the apocalypse. All the fishing strength throughout the land is gone. And so your choice is that as you find yourself in zombie land out in the middle of the woods at some cabin, you find an old fishing rod with no string or a thing of dental floss and a homemade lure. Can you make it work in a pinch? sounds perfect that sounds like i I think what we're going to discover is i think once that dental floss gets wet i think it's going to be stick upon itself i think it's going to be a hot i don't know it'd be interesting to see but i don't think we're going to find 300 yards worth of dental floss so we may have to uni knot it to the end of our braid or something and just make a world's longest dental floss leader you um, might be surprised. You could probably find that shit in a spool. Yeah. <laughs> Go to like Somebody's dental college warehouse somewhere. distribution center. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's um, let's get into uh, what was going on with our salt, our first saltwater trip. Um, um, that was interesting, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I have a. Uh, 19 foot center console that i take out saltwater fishing i got accused um, of buying a boat and leaving loki at home <laughs> pity pats at home uh for those of you who don't know um my, my better half carrie is made it in, uh, quite a name for herself on fish talk uh that's the tiktok for that you know for the fishermen and so she live streams a lot and so she blew her leg out four weeks ago and she's been laid up and so when i went out fishing the first time with mike i had my tiktok live stream going so he's, oh you bought a new boat i see how it is like some my boat it looks like a new boat to me <laughs> buying a boat and leaving her at home huh i see how it is like, no it's not my <laughs> boat <laughs> yeah people will assume anything <laughs> so yes you have a nice what is that a 17 footer no 19, 19? it's uh, 18 foot seven inch so seven but inch yeah I, um i just got a trolling motor for it so um you know, we're able to troll around in them mangroves and stuff like that. We'll talk about that. I know what you're laughing at. Um, Hope we got insurance on that. <laughs> uh, interesting enough, first trip out there, you didn't catch a damn thing, did you? No. I lost some shrimp um, by some bandits, but I did not catch a single mother-loving fish that day. Yeah. I got to prematurely eject your snook but <laughs> i personally didn't get to set any hands on any fish that i was responsible for acquiring from the ocean let's 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 paint the picture here of how one prematurely i'm, I'm reeling in a snook i've got it on the line we've got it up to the boat pull it up out of the water i was like here i'll grab it i'll go show uh well mike TikTok has a tendency to be a little shy with his fish whether it's a bass or a snook with a sharp gill plate, he's always oh, he, ah, oh, he, ah. he's he, he's like trying to play the got your tongue game with them. I'm like, just grab the son of a bitch. Does he have teeth? They're like, no, well, they, I'm have, just, I'm, they I'm do have sharp the gill freaking, plates. And I have I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it to grab onto it. 
and then it shakes and then there goes the hook in the finger mm-hmm. and i i don't want to deal with that because i've dealt with it before only time i get shy with that is if they're on like a whopper plopper or something with double trouble hooks yeah or yeah. even a single trouble hook in the mouth if it's like a like a you know a extra wide gap hook i'm not even worried about but yes if a crankbait uh Whopper plopper, something with a trouble hook in it. I do the same. I usually opt for lip locks and I'll make a note. We'll get back to that later. But yes. So I, Mike's like, it has sharp gill plates and I've since watched some videos and I heard how loud they can be, but I wear cast King, um, extremist brand fishing gloves because I've already developed some skin spots on my face from fishing last summer without using protection. And when I, put up my first world war ii reenacting video after the summer i shaved my beard off you can see all these brown speckles down my face and so now i'm i don't want to be the guy who looks like captain ron in three years because i'm out it's one thing if you go fishing twice a month for eight hours a day but when you're like me and carrie before she blew out her knee where we were out on the kayak in the florida sun for at least four hours a day five days a week that's a lot of sun exposure and so i didn't want to start looking like captain ron if you don't know who that is, look up that movie from the '90s. You'll won't probably not thank me later. But so now I'm. Oh come on, that's a good movie. <laughs> so now I'm out, I'm I'm Captain, you know, Vampire. I'm out there, and Ron does the same. Um, full pant. Sometimes I wear a short, but full pant, long sleeve fishing shirt, ball cap, hood, gloves, basically all the clothes that allow 50% of the UV rays to pass through. I'm out there, Ed, and so I had those gloves on, and they have like a. I don't want to say suede, but kind of like a imitation leather on the palm so you can get grip on wet stuff. And I was like, well, I have my gloves on. So I grabbed it, got the hook out. And the thing now, I've only been fishing consecutively for about 15 months and 99.78%. And this isn't even a brag. This is more about the overpopulation of bass in Florida. 99.8% of the fish I catch are bass. And so I have very limited experience with the exception of the occasional gar and a big ass six and a half pound or less tilapia. I have very limited experience on different fish types. And so that damn thing shot out of my hand like I squeezed a bar of freaking dial. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> and I'm looking at my gloves and there's just all these little scales because bass, bass are rugged. Bass do not lose their scales. They are not delicate fish. Apparently, snook are. They're not very slimy either. <laughs> no, bass. They're, they're very, very. Uh, they're kind of like a. Would be the right term. Obviously, a gar is more like a, a reptile, but I would say a bass is kind of like a wet, com, uh, a knoll chameleon or even a bearded dragon. They're not yeah. scaly like that per se, but they're not fish scale. They don't have, you know. Like with the snook, I had scales all over my hand. A bass yeah. you can hold, and it's kind of like holding a small snake. It's just their, yeah. their skin's more rugged like that. Yeah. So anyway, snook goes in the water. Boop. Nothing on TikTok. You know, it goes. No video didn't happen. <laughs> well, not only that, but uh, luckily I did get it on the GoPro. So it is up on my YouTube channel under the saltwater fishing video. So you can go look for Digital 410 on YouTube, and you can see the video. Yep. Um. Caught another snook. I well, I caught another snook. No, first you caught a mullet or ladyfish. Your first fish was not a snook. I no, it wasn't. It, 
I, I still think it was a bonefish. Okay, a bonefish. Once again, I don't know yeah. my saltwater fish. I, I, I didn't get a good look at it before it came off the line. I mean, I, we, I had it up in the air, and then it just went. Pfft. We'll no. include the link of the video on the webpage for this. So if you're downloading it through the website, or even if you're on iTunes or wherever, just go to pbbaits, that's with the Z, dot D hyphen 410.com, or go to d-410.com. Click on the PB Bates logo in the toolbar. And that'll take you to the website, and we'll post the link to the YouTube video so you guys can watch it with your fishing expertise and send in an email or comment on the video what type of fish that is so Mike and Ron can go over on their next episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I caught that, caught the snook that you lost, and then caught one other snook, and uh, that was... Well, the reason we don't know... We catch a catfish? Well, the reason we don't know what the first fish was because it prematurely de-hooked itself on its own before you even got a hand on it yeah so it yeah we only saw it for about 30 seconds or not 30 seconds a long time we only saw it for about eight seconds before it de-hooked itself yeah um we named our dolphin oh yeah we saw a dolphin and first and foremost i've been around some dolphins i've never been 10 yards from them i usually see them from a beach or a boat and they're usually majestic. They jump into the silhouette of a nice Florida sunset, and they <laughs> play, and they banter. We're out fishing, and we hear, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? I look around at my shoulder, and I don't see anything. Just a splash. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I see this thing <laughs> expose itself from... I want to say the deep, but the water was only a foot and a half. So from two <laughs> feet of water. Well, it's like three feet of water, but two feet grass bed. And I'm like, was that a dolphin? That don't sound. <laughs> we realized that it was a injured dolphin who is literally, at the time, when you watch the video, I say he's missing a quarter of his dorsal fin. Since trip two, when we saw some non-injured dolphins and I saw how long their dorsal fins are and all of their virgin glory, I now realize this thing was missing over half of its dorsal fin. I, I'd, I'd go as far as to say is 60 to 75% of it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I was said, is that a small whale? <laughs> and so we named this thing Doofy the Dolphin. And it it's not like it followed us in a straight line as we were going down the coast. It followed us as we hung a hard left and dog laid back into the mangroves. This thing literally followed us for like an hour. Just <laughs> <laughs> every time it came out of the water, it made the loudest gulp of air and it was swimming so slow. And then of course, and this is in the video too, you can see two guys on wave runners hauling ass all the backwaters of the Gulf of Mexico <laughs> to their to their um, exposure and they some reason somehow make a beeline for doofy the dolphin and he's like getting nervous and, and all of a sudden he starts swimming big circles and the guy damn near hits him yeah and i was telling mike this is probably how doofy lost his dorsal fin to begin with either that or jaws bit the damn thing off but i'm guessing yeah. boat prop yeah definitely had to be something like that i mean the the, the poor thing you can see the out. scar tissue on I don't know. Just imagine your knuckles coming out of the water. That's what his dorsal fin looked like. It was, <laughs> it did. It was sad. It did. <laughs> um, same thing on that trip. We saw two other 
interesting things. Which the third one I got to follow up on. I got, yeah, I was at work and there was a defunct website involved. I did call them and I was trying to send them the video, but you, you really can't see it in the video because, um, we wear polarized sunglasses that allow you to see at least two to three feet into the water on a clear day and GoPro lenses aren't solar or not like that. Uh, we'll skip, we'll hold out on that one for a minute, but so we were kind of, we were snook fishing like we bass fish because, well, I'm out of my element. So we're basically trolling along the edges of the mangroves, just <laughs> flipping worms and flipping crankbaits or jerk baits like we're fishing for bass, trying to catch snook, which I, you know, it worked for Mike, so I can't rag on our fishing technique, but we see this little <laughs> inlet and I'm like, that'd be perfect place to take the kayaks back into, which we don't have because we're on your boat. And so he starts to kind of maneuver the boat back in there and we're casting down this little alleyway. And we see some rustle and some tussle down there. I say, like, ooh, there's some fish jumping. I'm throwing a jerk bait. He's he's trying to uh, worm flip with a shrimp back there, a live shrimp. And now the water is super clear. You can see, even with sunglasses on, you can see probably three to four feet down into the water. You can definitely see the grass bed. Um, if you're not, if the sun is not right reflecting in your eye, making a sunspot, if you're in the shadow areas, you can see rather deep. And this wake comes at you. Now, I've seen this a few times in canals where I don't see anything. I don't know if it's a fast-swimming alligator making the V-wake. I've seen it multiple times where you get kind of nervous, something's coming at your kayak, and there's nothing. Fish finder doesn't go off or anything, just, and there's nothing. It's like, is that just the wind, current, whatever? So I've seen it a few times in, in the canals in Cape. And so we see it, and I'm like, what is that? And the first thing I see is a brown splotch, but not splotches in defined like as in a brown blob, but a splotch is in like an ink blot with different arms. It kind of looked like a, a crab being pushed along by a strong current. And I was like, what the hell is that? And it looked like a cooked crab. Yeah, it looked like, a, yeah, because crabs Cause are blue, like, but this it, thing it was bright like red. Like, yeah, this yeah. is like something you get off of a <laughs> uh, dinner special at Red Lobster. <laughs> It was all steamed up and ready to go. It was coming right towards us. <laughs> and Mike was the first one to realize that was the scar tissue from a prop on another deformed animal, thanks to the human intervention, on a manatee with its baby. And that was hella cool to see because it went right underneath our boat. And you can yeah. see that on the video pretty good, um, as best as you can see with um, a GoPro Hero 1080p because my gopro 7 2k camera died on fourth of july that's another story for another time <laughs> and so i only have at some point i hijacked mike's camera so i'm using my less than stellar visual camera and so you guys can see that um you can barely make out the baby but it's there yeah the the mom the mother was what would you say six seven feet long and the baby was probably maybe four yeah maybe the, the size most. of a large dog yeah but, uh, yeah, it was really cool to see them come out of that cut. And, and you know, we kind of scared them a little bit because I was move, maneuvering the boat in such a way that we were we were facing down into this creek. And it was getting really shallow, and the depth alarm was going off. And I got so all we, a pen to make a note, and I never wrote anything on my paper. <laughs> um, there was something I, I was wanting to circle back to, but I damn <laughs> forgot. 
<laughs> so yeah, you were... I turned the boat around. They they kind of scurried away, but it, it was cool to see them. You know, we we tried to stay as much out of their ways as we possibly could. Now, did then... you catch any other fish after that point? You caught the snook, the two snook. You caught, I think you like caught three fish out there, right? Well, no, I... you landed three. You caught four, or landed two and caught three. I remember this two snook and that one. Yeah, the the one uh, unknown fish in the morning. And then once we got closer towards the afternoon is when I caught those other two, the snook. I have to um, keep muting my mic for some reason. Like five hours ago, I drank a Pepsi at work, and I guess my Coca-Cola loyal body is not taking well to it. And I've had, like, gas <laughs> stored in my chest, and I've been trying to burp a Homer Simpson-esque style burp since about 5 o'clock. Oh, Lord. And so it's nothing's coming out. So every once in a while, I'll mute my mic and just do a small burp. But apparently Pepsi <laughs> does not agree with my Coca-Cola loyal body. Um, yeah. So, I mean, while we were out there and I mean, even, even, you know, it was, um, it was mostly cloudy throughout the whole day, you know, the weather, we got a little rain, some minor rumbles in the background, but nothing too crazy. So, I mean, as far as the weather goes, it, it wasn't actually that bad out. Um, but aside from that, let's get into the oopsie of the day and I'll, I'll let you take that over and explain that <laughs> so if you go back and watch the youtube video um at the beginning i mentioned to mike hey does your does your depth finder have a shallow water alarm he's like huh uh, y'all you mean like to go off when the water gets so shallow yeah it has that fantastic i only assume that meant he said it once he said that but apparently not <laughs> Shortly after our uh, intervention or exposure to the manatee, we're we're trolling along, just flipping bait, and I look down and see the whole damn troller motor bouncing and grinding, and so he realizes we are running aground, so shallow aground that the troller motor with the brand brand new, fresh out the box troller motor, this is its maiden voyage, is now grinding up coral like a freaking ninja blender on the bottom of the on the backwater. So we pull it up and now we find ourselves floating in eight inches of water and you're not even we're not even floating at that point we actually had run aground (laughs) we stopped (laughs) we weren't floating we weren't moving at all but yeah that and and you're at the front of the boat oh you got a chip in your propeller and i'm thinking there's a big chunk missing out of it (laughs) i ended up looking at it later it was just ground up well your 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 brand new propeller went from being a nice steak knife to a serrated fruit cutting knife It's no longer a smooth Mike Myers knife. It's more of a chunky freaking Ginsu knife. (laughs) But yeah, we ended up having to uh, shorten the shaft on that, you know, just power our way out of it in reverse and just keep on going for the day. But yeah, that, that was uh, um, our mishap for, for that particular day. Before, but then, you know, that, that third thing that we were running into was... Uh... So we were fishing along, and just like the manatee, just like Doofy, the air-sucking dolphin, out of nowhere comes a big-ass swimming manta ray, foot and a half down, right in clear water. 
just completely covered in spots. I was like huge. Hey, huge. look at a big ass. This thing probably wingtip. The wingtip was probably seven feet long, or maybe longer. It's just hard to tell because when they swim, their arms are folded like a, a bed sheet. So you really could. He wasn't laying. He was hauling ass. Yeah. He well, not hauling ass, but he was definitely jogging to work. He was on his way somewhere with a purpose. And we thought nothing of it. Cool, man. Got to see a man ray to finish off the day. The next morning, I see an article on, on my phone, because on Android, if you swipe left, you get a bunch of news articles that are curated by Google based on what your interests are. And there's a story that says up in Bradenton or St. Pete, somewhere a little about 45 north of us, 45 minutes north, that a boater had a what they refer to as a very rare spotted eagle ray jump in the back of their boat and give birth. <laughs> Give birth. Give birth on their nice leather or and or naga hide seats. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent this to Mike. I said, is that not the same spotted ray we seen? Yes. And he replied, yes. And so I started doing a Google image search on the quote unquote rare spotted eagle ray. And lo and behold, I'm seeing someone. Well, this is pretty cool. And I click on one of the images and i click website just to see where it's hosted and see the hoping to maybe read an article and it was an aquarium slash marine biology study center up in sarasota and i forget the name but they, it was a web forum submission for you to report anytime you spot the rare spotted eagle ray oh, was cool. it the moat aquarium yeah something like that moat okay yeah and so i, I tried that. to fill out the form i me and Mike got on the phone together, brainstormed coordinates, time, blah, 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 depth of water, temperature, what side of our shorts our equipment was hanging on, the whole the whole thing they asked, <laughs> and hit submit, and the, the website blew up. <laughs> Went back, copied my information in case it cleared out, hit submit, 404 error. So after the fifth time, I said, to hell with it. I called them up, and they asked me to send them an email with the video and I got to looking at the video and I tried adjusting the, the brightness and all that. There's like one second you can see the spots reflecting in the sun, but you really have to slow it down. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's not worth it at this point. I'm sure they would love the information. I probably should report it to a maniac just so they know that one has been spotted a yeah. short 45 minute drive from where they're at. But yeah, so we saw a very cool, at least we believe we saw a very rare spotted Eagle Ray. Yeah, that was definitely a cool sight to see, especially something that is as rare as they are. Um, but yeah, that that was our first saltwater trip, pretty much wrapped up in a nutshell. Um, some misfortune, some fortune. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 overall, I think, was a good trip. You know, even though we didn't catch that many fish, you didn't really catch any at all um before we just i don't know if you're planning on segueing into fishing day trip number two yeah but before we do maybe we'll put a little a breather on it for a second i remember what the pen was for okay i jotted down things you must have in your box now as i said before i am a bass fisherman and um uh, i'm a bass fisherman and so whenever i try to do something else i have to pick lures pick things and put them in a different bag or box or what have you and i always tend to forget things 
sometimes when I go seawall fishing, I don't want to deal with my tackle bag, so I try to put in a book bag, and I'll in inevitably forget something. And I think the day we went out the first trip, I forgot my pliers slash bait cutters and all that, so I'm trying to burn line with a lighter or use Mike's <laughs> rusty Texas chainsaw pliers that doesn't actually cut anything. It just smashes it super flat until you break it off like a plastic model piece. And so must things must have for any basic fishing trip, especially in salt water. I'm going to say um, pliers and or scissors. Mm -hmm. Pliers to get those deep set hooks out of mouths or maybe hooks out of a mouth with something that has bigger teeth than your than you have. Yeah. Or something that maybe uh, will F you up when you get your hands too close. So you definitely want a good pair of needle nose pliers or probably I would recommend the fishing equivalent that has the nice cutting end tool so you can cut your braid and or your fluorocarbon. I have seen people who are such not connoisseurs that they bring toenail or and or fingernail clippers so they, they can cut the tag end off right at the knot so there's no dangle preventing the best hydrodynamics for the paint as it goes <laughs> you don't want any you don't want any tag end exposed at all it's got to be trimmed down like the finest manicure so i've seen people go that route so you definitely want that the other thing i would say you want people will make fun of you when they see them in photos with you in an eight and three quarter pound bath why do you gotta have the jumper cables on your mouth because i forgot it was already on there it's like this thing gave me an extra six inches to grab the damn thing and so especially when it comes to like sail catfish to have the pokey spiky things or um, fish we caught on Sunday that have lots of big teeth, <laughs> lip locks. They're great, easy. Plus, uh, where these come in handy, to be honest, is like when you're kayak fishing, I often say kayak fishing is like working on the top of a ladder. Anybody who's ever done any ladder work knows what that means. <laughs> um, and so you need as much help and or advantage and where these come in handy is anytime i get a fish that i think's over three pounds i don't even try to pull them out of the water especially if i'm on fluorocarbon or mono uh, mono because i don't want the risk of gravity breaking my line or even more common gravity equals torn lips and premature dehookings it's when they lose that buoyancy of the water and they jump that's gravity kicks in that's when they're going to spit the hook every time so yep. if it's a big fish, I don't, if I don't think about it, I'll just grab them with my hands. But if they're being violent, I'll just reach in there and grab them with these lip locks and then they can shake all they want. And I've had it a few times where the fish is on my lip lock and that hook goes flying out where if I didn't have these and I tried to finger handle them or, or flip it into my boat, I probably would have lost the fish. So I, those are kind of my go-to over two pound landing tool. Just, just so I don't risk losing the fish because you know, I want to look cool because I want to throw my, my raw hands into the mouth of the beast. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll look nerdy and old. I'd rather have the fish in my lap than an empty hook because I tried to sport grab it and it spit the hook. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Another thing to add to that list for saltwater fishing, though, some kind of spray lubricant. Mm -hmm. Keep the rust away because, as you said, my dirty old rusty <laughs> Danco <laughs> pliers were not functional yeah i need all. to go out there and and um i have used my bait caster since but um i haven't used my spinning reels and i need to go out there and oil those because i didn't wash yeah. those off at all yeah um 
Yeah, kind of segueing into uh, trip number two. Well, one more thing I just want to get out there. While we're on the topic of gear, um, as I said previously, whenever I try to go from kayak fishing to shore fishing, it's amazing when you do a certain particular style of fishing and then you transition into someone else's style through necessity. It's too late to drag the kayak out, but you want to get a line in the water, so you, you grab your crap and you grab three rods and a drink and your phone and everything else and you're trying to walk to where you're going and you bend over the damn shoulder bag slides down your shoulder and drops your poles and you're getting everything tangled up as i said before i tried the book bag thing well i put everything in the book bag and put the book bag over my shoulder and that kind of works good but then you got everything in the open container the the centralized compartments so now you're trying where's the hooks where's this and you're just i was browsing around line as I do. And as you guys know, I'm brand loyal and I stick with a brand until the brand gives me a reason not to stick with them. And I came across this cool thing and sorry for those of you listening at home, you really got to see the YouTube video to get this, but this is the cast King bait boss tackle bag slash hip pack. It is about, um, I'm going to say maybe a quarter the size less than my full size bag as far as um, depth, not width, but depth. Um, but they have a tremendous amount of hidden storage in here. And before I show that, here's how it becomes a hip pack. You turn it around and there's a permanent pouch in the back and you unzip the edges and built into the bag is the actual hip pack that goes around your waist. And so you can actually unzip these. And so like if you're out fly fishing or maybe uh, surf fishing where you're, you know, knee deep in water, you don't have to run back to the beach to get your bait or your hook or whatever. This thing straps to your ass like a hip pack. And I have worn it on my back with my firearm on. Doesn't conflict. You can lift it and spin it and put it on the front side to get to your stuff. But the main center compartment is big enough that I right now, it's not even packed full. I just have two of my hard bait boxes and my hook box. Well, the hook box wasn't there, took it out. So there's plenty of room. I mean, I got, I got room for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 different bays in these hard boxes. But here's the cool part. You know, like the accordion um, envelopes or the accordion binders that have the plastic slots you can put all your papers. Yeah. This front pouch literally has an accordion style divider so you can separate all your your worm bags and soft bait bags nice and then it has a side pouch on both sides so i have my scale my digital scales in here along with my scissors there's actually a pouch for needle nose pliers on the front and it so this thing basically has six or seven bays and it does come with a detachable shoulder strap so if you want to use it like a traditional and the funny thing is, I got this thing thinking I'll use it occasionally. This thing has pretty much become my primary fishing bag because I discovered it's small enough that I can put it at the end of my feet in front of my kayak instead of my old one I'd have to put behind my seat, strap it into the luggage compartment. Anytime I want to get worms, a tackle box, I'd have to turn around and try to find it and pull it out without things dropping in the water. And so that right now, that's kind of been, become my go-to. And so... Um, if you guys are looking for a nice, compressed, easy-to-use, high-quality material, and I think the price point is 49 bucks, it's not expensive at all. Yeah, you It does not come that. with plastic boxes, but I have plenty of them laying around. But the quality considering, material... Yeah, I mean, considering a lot of the other brands of even that size bag are uh, well into the $80, $90 range, 
yeah, that's that's a good price point for that. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, um, it's definitely check it out. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on their website. And um, real quick, True Braid. This is not a, a paid sponsor. Uh, True Braid, somebody we follow on TikTok, and we bought this stuff. The braid we have been using, um, ironically, is kind of like the dental floss we said at the beginning. You know, we'd get the <laughs> suffix braid from Walmart or even suffix braid from Dick's, and it's just super rugged and it gets tangled up. I tried that. We found that cool stuff at Walmart that's supposed to be anti-pole wrap. Tried that. Mm -hmm. It worked great for a while, but 300 yards of this true braid. This is 30 pounds. We have 20 pounds as well. 300 yards, and it's, it's like 19, 20 bucks. But this stuff is like, it is so smooth. It's almost like, I don't even know what. Maybe you could try almost compare it to a miniature paracord. I mean, it's it feels like silk. It is so damn smooth. There's no friction on it, so it's not going to get tangled. It's not going to cause bird's nests as easy. And uh, right it casts, now, it casts really well too. I was gonna say right now, I haven't had any problems with it. So um, yeah, if you guys are on TikTok or just Google True Braid. Um, I think he's out of Tampa area somewhere, but yeah, stuff works great. So try, check that out as well. So. That's yeah, my I'll have little, to get my hands on some of that, too. That's my little tips for equipment to try out. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, kayak news. Yay! Stuff coming out of the works. I am finally getting a new kayak. I'm very excited about that. Because as you know, my current kayak is not a fishing kayak at all. No, it was a entry level lifetime kayak didn't even have pole holders and you basically drilled holes in and added everything yourself yeah i will yeah. say that that old kayak does have a big ass on it mm -hmm. and so it does not drift at all which is nice you and i'll be in the same area and i'm like constantly having to paddle to straighten up my teton and you're just stationary as if you have an anchor dropped yeah so that is one of the nice aspects of that one but yeah it is an old old leaky boat mine leaks too but yours leaks faster than mine does Yes, it definitely does. <laughs> I probably pulled two gallons of water out of it the other day when we went. But, yeah, I just uh, dumped a bunch out of mine. Yeah, I'm actually getting uh, the Bonafide SS-127, 12-foot, 7-inch kayak. This is a monster. Bonafide SS-127? Yes, sir. I want to see what this bad boy looks like. Right now, I believe it comes in four different color options. Bonafide I haven't kayak. quite made up my mind on what color a, I'm going to get. They have a but, slate uh, gray. They got a Tiffany blue. They got like a fire engine red. They have a OD green with like brown padding to give it a not quite camouflage look, but um, but yeah, yeah. The, the OD green one's actually kind of cool looking. Yeah, I kind of like that one. And I, I'm debating between that one and probably the red one. Now, I see the hatch. Or the gray. Is this thing paddle-driven by default, or is that an upgrade? What do you mean? It looks like the overhead view looks like they have a paddle-drive hatch where you can add a paddle-drive. No, actually. What that is is called a dry pod. Okay, okay. So it has dry storage built in, and that is actually removable. What most people have been doing and what a lot of like uh, Fluke Master on YouTube and, and guys like that, they've been putting their depth finder, fish finders uh -huh. and GPS combos, mounting it to the top of that box, putting a little lithium ion battery inside, and then it's through hull. 
so you can put your transducer on the bottom of the box. I bet you, if you research, I bet there is a paddle-driven attachment you can probably pop in that hole. You probably could. Um, I know they have made, uh, since then, a pedal drive. Um, I think it's actually called the P127. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be coming here very soon, hopefully in the, the next couple of weeks. Ow, I just popped something in my back. Um, so there's a little bit of news as far as new toys and looks things like, like that go. It looks like the Apex pedal drive rudder system add-on may fit that boat. The Apex? Yeah, Apex pedal drive plus rudder system, but the damn, damn thing costs more than the boat. Yeah. It's, it's $900, but it looks like it has a tray that will fit that hole. It's almost like it was designed... Or maybe, perhaps, I'm sure somebody who knows more will say, well, actually, stupid, the, the, the kayaks have a universal hole size that they all use, so you can make universal paddle drive. So maybe it's universal, yeah. maybe it's designed for that kayak, but it does have, like, a tray in that same shape that mm-hmm. looks like it'll plug that hole. Yeah, and that, that would be cool, except I'm not going with any kind of I'm, – I'm specifically not going with a pedal drive because I'm, I'm putting a trolling motor on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a motor guide XI3 to put on the bow. And unfortunately, when you do that, and if I'm not mistaken, in all of the 50 United States, uh, it is a requirement then to register the kayak. So, I thought it I thought if it was gas driven. They specify motorized. Hmm. They don't well, specify gas or electric. What's the possible Apex pedal driver system can be installed minutes allowing you to go, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it looks like they're showing it being installed on different kayaks. But, I mean, how much does it cost to register a freaking kayak? 20 bucks a year? <laughs> I think it I think it was like 12 bucks or something yeah, like so, that. Well, that's a little too steep for me. I dropped $10,000 yeah. on my kayak, but a $12 a year, that's kind of like we were talking. You, know, you, you watch uh, Lone Star and Law or any show with a fish and wildlife, and you – show these guys pulling up on these fishermen or standing on the bank with like $3,000 worth of equipment, you know, $200 sunglasses on and, oh no, my fishing license expired 18 years ago. So you can't afford $19 a year for fishing, but you got $10,000 worth of equipment laying on the bank. Yeah. I'm not buying that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I've said this before. I've, I've known guys, especially up in like Georgia, North Carolina area that are so against getting a fishing license. So dumb. I don't understand it, but, but yeah, I, I, I chose that particular kayak because their, their motto is actually ultimate fishability. Nice. And all of their yaks in particular have, uh, you know, the, the fishability or, or the fishing quality to them, which is something that I like. Um, I've done a lot of research on it. It's one of the most stable kayaks I'm told that's out there. Um, and I, I think overall, it's just, a, it's just a nice, well-rounded, you know, vessel to be able to use to do what we like to do. So, well, as I said um, earlier, I am very brand loyal. Yeah. And I, it's sad, you know, most usually you have your dream car, your dream, whatever, something super expensive, but I just truly want a lifetime Teton Angler Pro, and that thing retails at freaking Dick Sporting Goods for six ninety nine. Yeah. And the only major difference between what I have now and it is it's designed to stand up upon. I'm not looking yeah. for paddle drive. I just want something 
when I start fishing from your boat, I realized how many, the potential of fish I'm losing because I can't see them because I'm sitting in a, you know, I'm not standing six feet off the surface of the water. I can see them in the clear water. I'm sitting on yeah. my ass. And so I'm sure I'm losing potential fish by not being able to stand up on my kayak. The, the sight casting world is, is, plays a big part well, in catching of course a I was, there's an entire industry of people who build ridiculously large towers to go on your small boat yeah. so you can get an extra 10 feet of view yeah. up in the air so there's something to it or people wouldn't spend the money on those aftermarket towers yeah yeah but yeah that's uh so that's the kayak that i'm getting that actually the ss stands for sit and stand so you can stand in it sit and spin. um yeah <laughs> um moving on to the next point that we have here Carrie's leg. Mm-hmm. I know you've talked about this on your podcast and, mm-hmm. and you've got YouTube videos and TikToks out there. Um, first of all, how's she doing? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> She's still, uh, she got her MRI back. She does have minor tearing of her meniscus. She has um, damage to, she has bruising in her tibia. For those you play along at home, that's your bone. She has muscle loss behind the kneecap. And minor tearing behind uh, de- degeneration, but no worries. They recommend uh, physical therapy. You're good to go. <laughs> like that's a bit of a long shopping list for physical therapy. Yeah. And so yeah. she reached back out to her doctor. I'm just sitting here lusting after this blue lifetime angler <laughs> Teton the pro, pro <laughs> with the adjustable <laughs> foot pedals and the the wide ass and the same seat. <laughs> dry storage but anyhow um we had to take her doctor before that she had 15 cc's of blood and funk sucked out of her knee um you guys don't know one night after the what's the scuttlebutt podcast i was in our bathroom and so she went to the child's bathroom who must have recently gotten out of the shower and as kids do not give a shit and so the tile floor was completely covered in water unbeknownst to carry she fell twisted her ankle fell backwards and landed dead nuts on the tile floor on her kneecap thus creating all the damage we just said and so after she got back to the doctor saying, hey, that's kind of a bit of a long shopping list for a physical therapist to resolve, he did refer her to a orthopedic surgeon. So she's going to go see that cat on the third. It's just hurry up and wait. Meanwhile, her legs are a different color than the other one. Her calf muscle looks like it's disconnected. It's just yeah, it's, that, it's that a bad scene. Was, that was something I was going to mention was that when we went fishing uh, out at uh, Gator Circle, mm-hmm. I mean, when she come hobbling down the driveway, you can see her calf muscle just flops in the wind like a loose hot dog. That and the color, Mm -hmm. the color was scary. And they've they've taken her pulse, they've X-rayed it, they've done MRIs. No one's saying, "Hey, um, you're going to lose that foot if we don't." You touch it, take your thumb off. The white thumbprint stays there for a good thirty-eight seconds. Jeez! But two professionals looked at it and no. But anyhow, so we're, we're she's been laid up for four months, and so we said, "Hey, the last time I went to Gator Circle, they just resurfaced the boat ramp. It looks like a this is the oh, Tamarack Angler One Hundred. Stop! Sorry about that. <laughs> um, they just resurfaced the boat ramp, and it looks like a nice ice rink after a Zamboni got off of it. And so I said, "Well, let's take you there, and um, I'll just." You can either shuffle down the boat ramp or I'll carry you because she has a uh, walker. So Mike loaded up his truck and we all went out there and 
the boat ramp wasn't quite as pristine. Some people with some large boats have been in there since I have been there, but it was still the nicest dirt boat ramp in Cape Coral right now. Yeah. And so I backed the truck down, unloaded everything. And I gave Mike my camera and he recorded me picking her up in my Tundra and carrying her down and plopping her ass into the kayak so she can go fishing. Went fishing. Mike caught, I don't know, you caught what, three fish? Four? Four. I caught two. Carrie caught one. Went home, posted that video on TikTok. Gave her the exact same video, the raw footage. She put a different song on it. She posted it like four hours later. The next morning, she had 8,000 views on this video of me carrying her down the boat ramp and putting her in a kayak. With the title of like when you mentally you need to just go out and go fishing, something along the lines. In that same span of time, plus four hours, same video on my TikTok that said when she needs to get out of the house after blowing out her knee and ankle, we make things happen. 12 views. Not 12 likes. Not 12 comments. This video had been played 12 times in 24 hours, and I shared it with three people. Now, keep in mind, I got 16,500 subscribers. So for whatever reason, TikTok felt it not necessary just to play this to the usual 1% of your subscriber base. (laughs) Don't know if the algorithm thought it was toxic masculinity, me carrying a poor injured woman to her boat. I don't know if maybe they thought I was putting her on a boat to give her a Viking funeral. I don't know what the algorithm thought, (laughs) but they just felt it did not need to be played. In that same 24 hours minus the extra four hours from when I posted it, her version of that same exact video, same footage with a different song, different caption, had 8,000 views. So how you post the same video on TikTok on two different accounts with two different songs when one gets 12 plays, not 12 likes, 12 actual plays, and the other one gets 8,000, that's how you can say, I don't know how TikTok works. Hey, Don, you have a video that has 1.7 million views. How do you get a viral video? I don't know, because this one got 12. So on Monday, I post the same video because I'm lazy, and I just post the same TikTok watermarked video and everything on Instagram. Within two hours on Instagram, the thing got 30,000 views. So I don't know. I think right now it's at 65,000 on on Instagram, which on their reels, which is just a ripoff of TikTok. I'm going to go there right now. I'll give you a, a live count of that video views. It has 64. So it's died. It got 64,000 views in two, in three days. Meanwhile, I posted that video on my TikTok account on Sunday, and right now it has 19 views. It's been played 19 <laughs> times. So how does TikTok work? I don't know. How does Instagram work? I, how does any of it work? I've been doing computers for 18 years, and I can't tell you. Uh, and you know at least one of those views is me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, so... 19 people seen it. I shared it with probably four. So actual 14 true, (laughs) true, um, what do they call that? Um, Not unique, um, but organic views for that one video. (laughs) Not paid for, not shared, or or 14 organic views in three days. Well, we definitely hope Miss Pity Pats gets. A speedy recovery. I know school's coming up soon. Tuesday. Yep. So, um, yeah, we talked about that. The second day fishing, I actually did catch some stuff on the saltwater. Yeah. Well, we're, um, 
as far as freshwater goes, yeah, we kind of went through that and all that. I do want to take a quick second and mention to everyone that's uh, watching and listening. Um, I have a couple of, uh, I guess, would you call them affiliations? I would assume affiliations. Yeah. Um, I have three affiliations that uh, if anybody wants to go and check them out, uh, Angler Tungsten, they have tungsten weights, hooks, all kinds of things like that. Cool brand, cool people over there. Definitely go check them out. Um, Shredfin Fishing Apparel, excellent shirts. I've got two of them in my closet right now. They're comfortable. They're UV rated. You can get hooded. You can get your regular t-shirts, non-hooded. Um, those are great. And then my last affiliation, which uh, is my, probably my biggest affiliation, is Monster Bass. Nice. Um, Monster Bass being a subscription box that you get monthly. Um, you get all different kinds of uh, freshwater baits, you know, hard baits, soft plastics, hooks, weights, you name it, it's in that box. Um, there's a few different options as far as plans go, but um, the cool thing is, is, is you can set it up by region where you live or actually by state. So it, it so, basically customizes it to the type of fish in your area. Yes. So I've got it set up obviously for Florida and um, well, they I thought you me, want the Alaskan plan. Yeah. <laughs> they send me baits based off of, I want to um, catch some trout in the canal. Exactly. Some salmon. Um, the uh the the baits that come in they're relatively similar to you know the other boxes as mm -hmm. far as like okay well they're throwing in a jerk bait this month but the well that's your mystery tackle box then it's a, a every month it's a crankbait a bag of hooks and a sticker and some worms yeah yeah i mean they have a similar formula to that as well um you know they they mix it up a little bit but uh which is a good thing i'm i'm kind of hacking a mystery tackle box for it being such a templated box it's like yeah. What gee, what crankbait hook and bag of worms am I getting this month? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so th those are my affiliations. I just wanted to throw those out. We'll there have to put those up on your website so people can click through and and uh, yeah, absolutely. Put some I, gotta, up there. I gotta put my link tree. It's, it's in my link tree. Uh, if you go to my TikTok at uh, type B Mike T Y P B Mike, you can check those out um, on my link tree. And I also have. Uh, discount codes that you can use uh, i don't remember them off the top of my head but they are on the link tree buttons so you can check those out um saltwater trip number two yeah we buddy. had a little more fun on this one i think a little more fun a lot more traveling a lot more traveling. did a lot of traveling luckily your your boat's very good on gas mileage apparently because i mean I'm, i think I'm, we drove for 40 minutes before we even threw the first hook in the water at least and it was not a smooth sail <laughs> it was early in the morning and it was i mean it wasn't like it wasn't swells but it wasn't it was basically like driving your car through non-stop speed bumps to get where you're going it was yeah yeah it was it was smooth in the beginning mm -hmm. and then it got you know once you get into a little bit deeper water and you get out there past all the cuts and the islands and everything that's when that wind starts whipping and it starts you know getting real rough out there but uh rough ride there for a little bit and then it smoothed back out again but uh yeah that we we at least 40 minutes if not 45 minutes uh for the ride out there we put in at the boat ramp um won't mention in particular which one it was but it was in matt lachey 
um, went north, went all the way around Pine Island, back down south towards uh, Redfish Pass, and uh, set up right there. Not even a single bite the entire time we were there. Not a single one. So uh, we decided to end it up uh, moving, and uh, there was you hadn't seen that spot before have you no the, i've never i've only been the... out sea fishing one time and we were out on the other side of fort myers beach shark fishing yeah so there's this cool spot out there where there, there are these old houses from years ago where you They're could stick houses build. right yeah yeah it's like still it's like a still house where you could build on the water and the the law now is is if you own it, you can upkeep it, but if it gets destroyed by a hurricane or a big storm or whatever, you cannot rebuild. So there are like four or five of them out there still that uh, are still going, still standing, and yeah, it's luckily almost, they're still standing. It's almost like, and these are the authentic Florida Pasco County iconic stilt houses. Yep. Um, it's almost like someone had owned some land in the 1800s <laughs> and so they had a deed to some land and then uh either it sank or the sea level rose and so now all the dry land's gone but there's still houses on stilts and so it seems like well since there was technically a deed at some point and these houses have property they're owned by somebody and so and as mike said um as long as they're existing they can stay um it's kind of like how people who buy old homes in like the east coast like you buy a house from the 17 you know the 18 early 1900s and you want to basically knock it down and build a new house on the property but you don't want to have to pay the new property tax or some of the overbearing regulations the way around that is you tear the entire house down but one wall as long as one wall is standing then it's considered a remodel <laughs> and so you really so you get grandfathered in on a lot of the codes and stuff and wow. so, like, you'll be driving through Kentucky or Ohio, and you'll see a, a foundation, and sometimes you'll see, like, the brick fireplace, and then you'll see one wall at the end of the house that has, like, a bunch of two-by-fours holding up. Like, that house burned down? No, they're remodeling. <laughs> and so that's a workaround. So kind of like this. They're allowed to maintain their houses out there, but once they collapse, they're no longer grandfathered in, and that deed no longer stands. Right. Yeah, That that's actually a, uh, a cool spot. Um we do normally catch pretty good size keeper trout out Since there. Since today, anglers still catch mullet, redfish, flounder, snook, cobia, blue crab, and more. Mm -hmm. During the early days after rigorous pole treks from the grassy flats, fishermen created resting places to prolong their trips, known as stilt houses or squatter. Squatter rights determined at the location, and as fishermen found the spots they liked, they could build their lodges over the water so basically back in the day they'd use they didn't even own the land they would use squatter rights which would not fly nowadays unless you live in seattle yeah. or washington somewhere else in right. washington or oregon <laughs> but yeah those those are you know cool little spots out there that it's like you know it's that's that's old florida yeah i could definitely see them shooting a movie there they probably have shot yeah. a movie or two on one of those yeah that's that's one of those things where it's like you know we live in the hustle and bustle of you know this isn't a major town that we live in but you know it ain't it's not a small town well it's funny you yeah. say that because when we were out there floating around I, I and i do this every once in a while i have to remind myself that we live in the area of the country where most people up north save you know two three four years worth of 
tax returns and vacation pays to bring their family for two weeks. Yeah. And yet we live down here and take it all for granted. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, is I definitely the... I definitely consider myself fortunate as 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 I try to remind myself as much as possible. Like I live in a vacation destination. Mm-hmm. People scrounge to to come here, and uh, it's it can be very humbling. Um, but yeah, that's that's a cool spot that we usually try to catch. You know, some keeper trout and uh, you know whatever we can. Um, the next spot that we went to. Um, another grass flat area probably about what four or five feet deep i think in that spot mm-hmm. and uh that's when the fish turned on yeah i mean that was it was almost like fish in a barrel i mean literally as soon as that shrimp hit the water you had an empty hook it robbed you blind yep yep and we had multiple species which was cool you know you know you, when you go out into saltwater, you know, yeah, you can expect to to catch just about anything, but it's cool when you're when you're out there actually doing it. And for those of you who just logged on to Facebook and you're seeing this weird podcast, no, this is not a replay of the What's Your Head podcast. This is a preview, if you will, into the Digital 410 Network's uh, newer podcast, the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. No, this is not one of my new podcasts. I am simply a guest. Um, this is Mike's and his buddy Ron, his partner Ron's podcast. Uh, we're just kind of playing it on our page tonight just as a preview to people as part of sharing a, another podcast that's part of the Digital 410 Network. So um, welcome aboard, and you guys can find more details about the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast over at d-410.com or pbbaits.d-410.com. Yep, yep, and we definitely appreciate the uh... – you know, have you guys having us on and, and, you know, becoming a part of the family. So, um, and so I finally, you were pulling in some fish, your, your, we, your family members in their pontoon boat were pulling in some fish. Yeah. I was getting robbed left and right. <laughs> and it wasn't until your family member gave us some corks that we were able to suspend our hooks three feet below the surface that we started getting hits. And as soon as you threw these damn shrimp in, we were pulling. First one I caught was, um, I always have to say, holy mackerel, uh, mackerel. And so I caught that thing. And that thing had some teeth on it. Yeah. And yeah, that, they're mean too. that thing was about a <laughs> foot long, and he was a fighter. Mm-hmm. And now, once again, I use my bass wrangling expertise, and I just grabbed that son of a bitch up, and he's all wiggling. And, and I'm squeezing probably harder than I needed to, but he was another squiggly one, and I finally got the lip lock in him, got the hook out. But when I when I went to throw him back in the water, I, he was just shaking. I was squeezing. Apparently, I squeezed him a little too hard because he basically regurgitated all the bait fish that he had consumed that morning all over my feet. And I threw his ass back in. But I didn't realize until probably like 20 minutes later, I looked down, and there's just all these partially digested bait fish like the eyes were already gone <laughs> like you could, the, the skin was still on the ribs but like the eyes and like the the skull was being exposed and so i'm like picking up these half digested bait fish and throwing them back in and so my first one i caught was a um mackerel and then you caught one or two um you caught some pretty interesting looking fish but before i caught my next one let's see i caught I did get a Spanish mackerel myself. Um, I got, I want to say two or three mangrove snapper, mm-hmm. one keeper, but we didn't keep it. Um, 
the world's smallest, creepiest needlefish. Yeah. Redfin needlefish. You just reminded me about that. I actually forgot about I just them Googled them, and that's exactly what they are. The needlefish, are the, those are from the Florida Panhandle. The needlefish, they have a mouth kind of like a, um, almost like a swordfish or even a, a super skinny gar. But as the name implies, their entire body is the same height as their jawline. They look yeah. like a needle. But the one you caught was like... <laughs> were babies and so they yeah. were even smaller they were almost too small it's like how did you even get that hook in you i'm looking at some photos there's some guys catching some big ass versions of those and they got some teeth on you i'll tell you what Whew. i didn't even know he was on the line no they're so the ones you caught were so small well i i i had the line out there i saw the the cork bobbing up and down a little bit and then i saw something flopping out there so I was like, well, let me check my bait anyway. So I reeled it in and it was like this, this, I don't know, what would you say? Like a nine, nine or 10 inch long needlefish. Yeah. It looks, it looks like it's made out of steel. It's called the Atlantic needlefish and they have them from Florida all the way to Chesapeake Bay. And they look like a, a sewing needle with fins. It's yeah. the only way you can describe them. They have no shape to them. Yep. I don't know if they're good eating. Cause this guy has like six of them on a stringer. Maybe they're good eating. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't know how you would even eat one of those. <laughs> These guys hold um, one that's like ten feet long. But yeah, the the mangrove snapper caught good, some pretty good sized pinfish. And then of course you can't fish live bait without catching a goddamn catfish or two. Oh yeah. My second fish was a catfish, and then I think you caught one or two more. I think I caught two catfish. And then. Um, we caught a, a handful of, I think I caught a total of five or six fish, but I think I caught one or two, um, what were they, uh, snappers? Uh, no, drums? They weren't drums. What the hell were they? No. Um, the little round ones. Yeah, you, you, you caught Oh, snappers. no, the 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 ironically named penfish, which are not penned shaped yeah. at all. They're round like a goddamn quarter. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why they're called pinfish. They don't look like pins at all. Well, they're definitely good bait. Snook, redfish, and and uh, tarpon and stuff. They like to eat those. And so, so yeah, I caught a, I caught a couple of pinfish, and then uh, still no snook for me. But yeah, I caught five or six fish, and um, that was it. Was fun to finally catch fish. I will say, I'm definitely. One, I prefer my fish with no teeth, um, easier to handle. <laughs> but two, I and even even when it comes to freshwater fishing, I enjoy a more dynamic fishing. I'm more of a toss a lure, flip a worm, cast and retrieve, cast and retrieve. Um, I enjoy the throw a hook in and drink a beer, but um, my preferable, preferably, is definitely more dynamic fishing. Well, and that's that's where you get into you know because what we were doing, yeah, we were inshore fishing, but you know, when you're fishing for live bait, I mean, that's basically what you do. You sit there, you, yeah, you have in. a beer and, and bullshit and then wait for your line to start zipping. But after we got done with that spot, we ended up moving a little bit further inland towards Matt Lachey and we started flipping around the mangroves for some snook and redfish. You know, you were and, talking about how I caught, you caught a snook and I prematurely ejected your snook because it was so slippery. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of what's got to be a nine-year-old boy with one hand. The other hand's just a stump. And he probably has a four-foot-long snook in his arm. 
This kid can hold a four foot long snook in his armpit with one hand because he only ha- with his hand is lipping it. The 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 uh, the arm without the hand is hold- and he's not launching this thing. Me, grown ass man with two capable hands, can't hold on to a twelve inch long snook. And this kid's got like a four foot one. <laughs> okay, I see how it is. <laughs> Said I was out of my element. And well, and we after we moved to those mangroves and, and moved into that you know closer into that spot we actually spotted a couple shark mm-hmm. we saw some schooling fish that i i seem to think that they were redfish but we couldn't i mean we couldn't see them or couldn't tell i mean they weren't tailing like a red like a redfish would but there was definitely a school of something moving around the boat and we also but, uh, saw dolphins that let us know how truly deformed and mangled doofy was because like i said when we first saw him <laughs> i was like oh he's missing quarter of his fin but after seeing a real dolphin I'm like, oh no, he was missing probably more than half. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, o- overall, last couple of weekends, you know, just kind of wrapping it up, you know, with with the three trips that we had, we caught some fish, had some good times. We're definitely getting back out there so that you can get a good snook or a good redfish for sure. I got. I just need content. I haven't put up a fish. I put up one fishing video on YouTube in probably two months because every time I'd go out, I would catch a dink or two, but it's like, I don't want to put a 20 minute video of dinks up on YouTube because people are going to stop tuning in. Cause like, wow, this guy doesn't catch anything but a little fish. So yeah. it's almost at the point now, if it doesn't weigh more than a pound and a half, or at least if I don't have at least one or two pound and a half fish, I mean, if I have a day where I catch a pound and a half, two, three, four pound bass, then obviously I'll include all the dinks in the video, but I don't want to make a 15, 20 minute video of nothing but things that weigh less than a pound because people are going to stop tuning in. So I haven't posted a video of fishing content with the exception of our saltwater fishing. And the only reason I posted that one was because of the manatee. If we wouldn't have seen the manatee or the dolphin, I probably wouldn't have spent the time to edit that video, but because of that was so cool. And so, um, and uh, the aforementioned GoPro problem from earlier, when I brought my less than stellar GoPro, it didn't. The battery wasn't charged, and the generic ass USB cable I bought from Seven Eleven didn't work. So I couldn't. I d- had no camera uh, for our second trip, so I have no footage of the f- when we finally started catching fish. I have no footage of that. Yeah. <laughs> and no TikTok footage because I had no uh, tripod with me. So. Um, yep. So no yeah, footage def- there. Definitely. Every time that we go out, I'm just going to start bringing all my camera gear with yep, me. Got <laughs> if to. yours starts malfunctioning or if you don't have, a yeah, I gotta get, I gotta like get that, a we'll second have. GoPro. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, I mean that, that pretty much wraps it up for, you know, this episode. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in and, uh, watching and listening at home, um, wherever you are in your car at work. Um, Definitely check us out. Uh, right now, our URL is pbbaits.d-410.com. You can check out all of our profiles. We have all of our social media, myself, D-Train, Real Tactics. Everything's up there. Um, check out all of our social medias. Type B Mike is mine. Uh, D-Train, I know you've got yours and, and your other podcasts as well. What's in your head podcast? What's the scuttlebutt? And I think, are you starting to do fail to fail again? Or I do it occasionally. Of- that one is a, a niche audience. And so it, yeah. well, it's a niche subject matter. So it takes longer for me to find, um, take the time to find guests for that. So that's a limited series, but it, they're all there yeah. at d-410.com. You can find links to my YouTube and um, my social media for all my TikToks and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah I want to thank Mike for having me on and uh, 
thank everybody for hanging out. And I think that's what I'm about to wrap it up. Yep. Thanks for coming. We'll definitely go out there and slay some more fish here soon. And we'll be that's and uh we'll see you over at uh What's the Scuttlebutt on Monday and uh, What's in Your Head on Tuesday. So thank you guys. This has been a Digital 410 production.